So, the uh, municipal election in Peterborough, I'd like to start with sign wars. What's happening in, in the wards? I know when I travel around Town Ward, it's carpet-bombed with uh, uh, Diane Terrian. It looks like she's, she's going to walk away uh, with the entire vote. Uh, but when I go cycling, I did a, a little bike ride on the weekend. I looped through Monaghan and autonomy, and things look very different. There weren't very many Tarian signs, certainly in Monaghan, and only a few, no, there were a few in Monaghan, almost none on autonomy. What are people seeing? Well, let's 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 just take it back to 2014 for a little bit before we move into in, into the yeah. current election. We saw the same thing 2014 with Mr. Bennett and uh, Ms. Monsef, and. We're seeing that that same sort of scenario play out, but we're also dealing with a deeply, I would think, unpopular incumbent. And there's a lot of baggage attack attached to the incumbent. And so that candidate is going to have to do a lot to get ahead of that. And it's choice that he's using the word momentum. But what's really happened? I, I think I think momentum is actually a, a fairly a fairly good thing to do to use. I don't know if it's if it's momentum or wearing down. I think that we've seen a numerous issues that have uh, that have been repeated over and over and over again. It's it's kind of like how long can the progressives of Peterborough hang out before fatigue? finally sets in and uh and, and i think that it, yeah is it momentum is it or is it a wearing away i don't know I, I, inertia perhaps yeah I, I think is more appropriate i mean bennett has always been a very lazy campaigner he certainly that's why he got caught short with merriam and almost lost the election he was late into this his website wasn't ready in time i did any of you watch the merrill debate on uh, mike hortha uh, just went live yesterday. I, I watched most of it today, and, and I have to say, no criticism, Peter, but this week. They, they've done a lot to promote the stuff. It was stifling to watch, uh, <laughs> and it was partly the format, and it, they had some interesting things to say. Right. If there was any distinction, though, there, you know, Bennett cannot help but present himself as sort of aloof and imperious, um, which does play – to a certain part of the city. Imperious. Yes, absolutely. Just, uh, talking. I thought uh, you, you said imperious, and then that also kind of ran. <laughs> oh, that's what I meant to say. I stumbled <laughs> over my words. What did I say? Imperious. Imperious. Oh, yeah, no. Imperious can be deceiving. Yeah, they can be. They can be. Well, no, he, you never miss him. So, I, <laughs> But it, it is a litmus test for, for the changing demographics of Peter Brown. I know I harp on that quite a bit. Yeah. No. And Bennett is assuming that he can just present himself as look, I'm the guy. I'm the guy who looks like the mayor of Peterborough. That's been his basic platform every time. Of course he's had policies. But in terms of the image he presents, he's like, well, look at me. I, I, I'm the obvious mayor. And it gets harder and harder every election uh, to pull that off because the growth in the city doesn't follow the same template as, as the old guard in this town. But the growth in the city uh, also represents, for the most part, newer subdivisions. It, it represents it, So it represents uh, a people who are kind of going for what what Bennett has to offer and uh you know the the they, they want their neighborhood to to be uh easy drive to where they shop where they where they entertain and where they dine which is often not downtown it it it, it makes it easy to vote for him when when some of his his platform policies cater to that now mr Fraser, sure. uh just to quickly step in there would you then suggest that the majority of city planning over the last eight years has been to consolidate the power of the mayor with sprawl? Okay, so th there's there's two questions that are that are being asked here. Do I think that that the that the city is is working on 
a mayoral agenda. I don't know. Is the city pushing towards uh, sprawl, uh, hellbent for leather ways? I, I think so. We're, we're seeing decisions uh, like the Ashboro uh, neighborhood that's being built, like the Lily Lake neighborhood, mm-hmm. where things like complete streets, things like uh, smart neighborhoods, uh, things like basic things like having transit put in place before you build uh, a subdivision just aren't there. Yeah. Now, now is this is this happening as as the staff kowtowing to the mayor, or I, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Don, there, there is, I think, a, a chicken and egg here. Thing Don, here. would you put the the resistance from council, and not just from the mayor, to the Ontario intensification guidelines and places to grow? All Ontario cities have to stop growing, uh, slow down growing out, start growing up. Would you frame that in the same context? Uh, yeah, I, I think that we are, we are following a blueprint laid out by... Um, Look back in time to Whitby. Look forward and uh, a bit for, further forward in time to Barry. We're looking at uh, at ideas that that don't work. That the provincial government has gone on record as saying this is not our blueprint for growth, and 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 we are we are ignoring it completely. I take a little bit of issue of, of how you're portraying. I, you're right that you know we talk about the growth in the suburbs. These are people who tend to more conservative politics, but not a hardcore conservative politics. Um, and people today don't often vote in a very informed way. You know, there, there are certain hot-button issues and certain branding and image things that they get attracted to. And I, I'm not sure Bennett is the guy who can really capture that. He's not a populist in the sense of, say, a Doug Ford. I'm sure, I mean, I know Sean won the suburbs, but uh, the, the conservatives certainly probably had a lot more strength out there than they have in downtown. I think that's obvious. But, you know, Bennett represents, I, I think his appeal is that he represents an almost nostalgic sense of what Peterborough used to be. You know, that old boy's feel about Peterborough. And he's sure he talks about development and, and highways and that kind of stuff, but he's not a very aggressive campaigner. He's, yeah. he, and I, I don't see him recruiting a whole lot of new votes outside of, you know, the mailing lists and networks of the Conservative Party and telling people to come out and vote. There, there's definitely the old boy situation going on, but you can also see the, the interests of different wards and who has been elected in those wards as uh, indicators of the support for the mayor. Um, those 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 uh, councillors and, and the mayor are in lockstep. Uh, so if you're seeing re- repetitive, very conservative councillors coming out of out of wards, you you see that as a reflection of how those wards feel about our current mayor. Could we comment on signs? Do signs matter? Tron, you, you just come off a campaign. Do, do, do lawn signs matter and the prevalence of them? Let me tell you a story, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Love this. I'm involved in a campaign in a town in southwestern Ontario right now. And uh, that's all I'll say about it because we don't want to get into naming names or any of that sort of thing. But I'm, I've taken, taken on some, some work. And this campaign has foregone the use of signs altogether. Woot, woot. This person is contending uh, for the mayor seat in this town. Uh, they came off of a, a provincial election, a close second, and I'll say they came in a close second to the Green Party, if that gives a hint. Um, uh, so we know what town we're talking about. So a friend of mine, no signs. And there was a bunch of hullabaloo kind of raised about this. Like, what do you mean you're not going to use signs? What do you What do you mean? Well, we're not using any Coroplast single-use signs. Right now, 
I've got a garage with a couple thousand signs in it. I have to run in 22. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. But, you know, uh, but the the kind of big recycling or not, this individual opted not to Mm -hmm. use signs because they have name recognition already. Yeah. And name recognition is important for first-time candidates and to make sure that all candidates will have a level playing field. Uh, so we have we have candidates running here in Peterborough that, that this is their first step into, into, mm-hmm. into public life. And this is their first step outside of their own circles. And they're wanting to make their circle bigger. So they're going to show off and they're going to say, look at my sign. This is me. I'm doing something. Yeah. I, I think they do have an effect. I, I think any kind of advertising does. I mean, there's. Do they have the same effect they used to? I, I don't know. But think about a municipal election. Think about at the council level. You're voting for two people. And so, of course, there's people like us who pay really close attention to it. There are people who often are attracted to vote because of one person. And, you know, you see the signs, you get a sense of momentum. The, the name recognition does help. It was more than just signs. But I know in the last mayoralty election, I didn't know Mary Monsef at all. But I started paying attention when I started seeing her signs everywhere. And, of course, you know, the, the people at the market and everything like that, the enthusiasm. But it wasn't from actually hearing her speak or meeting her. I just got a sense of, well, something's going on. i got to check this person out. Well, there's a flip side to this. And, and I'll point out that I, uh, I actually I gave away my, my age frame for my signs from last election to uh, a current candidate in this election. So I hope, I hope they, you recorded that uh, contribution. I, I sure did, <laughs> as a matter of fact. But I think that there's a superficiality in the signs as well. We were talking off camera. Uh, off, there's no cameras here, <laughs> and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> we were talking. We were talking off offline about about going down a stretch of road and there it being completely and totally plastered by by signs on, on public land. Uh, there's a superficiality with signs, and a lot of a lot of people get into uh, into the ballot booth and they'll look down at this piece of paper and they'll say, "Oh, I'm going with that name because I've seen the most signs." and uh, I don't know. Um, the, the the term advertising popped up, and I think that's closer to to the case than than an actual uh, political strategy. Okay. Uh, just to just to quickly wrap up, I know you wanna you wanna move on to something else there, Bill. But uh, it, it's signs are important. And to f- wrap up my story, we've <laughs> we've we've partnered down there with a group that's. That's going to make them handmade, and it becomes a community action, and it becomes a show of support for the individual. And, and, and people, when they support an individual who's running for public office, they want to be able to tell people. And what's the best mm-hmm. way to tell people other than, you know, um, having their uh, face painted on the side of your house? Lawn sign will do. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to, and uh, Tim, your remark triggered this for me uh, about voting. What about the one vote per ward strategy? Now, I have heard, I've been told by a number of people, some of them in this room, that in fact, they're going to do that. They are, in particular wards, they're only going to vote for one candidate. Why is that? And is that becoming a thing? Is that becoming widespread? It's always been there. It's always been a strategy. Like in this book, Running for Council, and of course, I'm speaking to two of you who have run for council. But, you know, there's two things you're looking for. You're, you're trying to get those second votes, which is one of the reasons I love that if there are two votes. You can't really annoy too many people, you know. <laughs> but it's a pretty common practice. I don't know if you guys did it, but there are many candidates, and that's – and I'm not, not going to name any of them, but that's their MO. I mean, and it's not that they go to the door to a stranger and say, please just vote for me. 
but in their inner circle, their contacts and their networks. That's one of the first things the experienced people say all the time is please vote. And the reason is, yeah. is that, sure, you know, you got the vote, but the other person got a vote and it, it brings down their total. And of course, when you have several people running for two seats, it, it can make the difference. Now, now are, you, are you talking about a splitting of, of no, of just your you're, you're adding to your opponent's total. So you tell you yeah. you tell someone just please vote for me. Don't give that other person a vote. And in the long run, that's one less vote for your opponent. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It's always in, in rather intimate social situations where people will bring up this topic. And they say, you know, front porch conversations over a beer. People will say, you know, I'm only going to vote for X. And I'm not going to vote for anyone else. I know I have two votes, but I'm only going to cast one. I, I'd love to. Sorry, I'd love to know how much that happens because it is. I mean, yeah, in, inside the exactly. campaigns, uh, they're constantly trying to spread that message to their core supporters, and I, I wonder how many people actually do it. I don't know. I know that there are a few campaigns here locally that are that are are saying vote in two, like the you know vote for me and, and this person, or yeah. or. Oh, people campaigning as a slate, sort of. Well, not um, campaigning as a slate, of course. We, we, that's we a, have that's a dangerous that. term. That's a, that <laughs> is a, yes, yes. Uh, you know, that's not something that we necessarily want to see until we, you know, I think we'll eventually in municipal politics, we'll get back to political parties. We'll, really? I, I believe that will happen in the next 25 years. I think that we'll see people running a slate. We're seeing kind of in down in Hastings Township, uh, around Sterling, Frankfurt, uh, in those areas, people are running as a slate. It's like this person for mayor and these three councillors for the area. We're seeing those lawn signs go up down there. I mean, take a, take a look at council on on any given week in Peterborough, and and you're seeing you're seeing voting as a slate in council. You yeah. wouldn't be talking about six five, would you? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's just like hockey once again, isn't it? <laughs> Anyways, we we, we got to get through all these uh, all these wards. Yeah. Okay. So let let me stick my thumb in the soup first. My sense, and this is based. Well, I've spoken to twenty one of the twenty seven candidates in the uh, the for Trent Radio, and of course the the uh, PTBO podcast, Pints of Politics podcast. Uh, my sense is that three of the wards, Northcrest, Monaghan, and Ashburnham, there's going to be no change. I mean, not only no change in political orientation, if you will, but no change in personnel. You know, uh, the incumbents in all three wards are, are going to get in again. And I think in town ward, in Otonaby, uh, I think there's going to be one or two new faces. One of them will be a recycled face, of course, uh, uh, who's run before and uh, sat before, uh, but no change in political persuasion. In other words, two progressives in town ward and two uh, two supporters of uh, uh, Mayor Bennett in autonomy. I think the, the 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 key and the linchpin is the mayor's race, and I can't predict that one. I you know, living town ward, I say, oh, Dan's got it. But when I travel around outside, I don't know. There's a lot of thought. Going yeah, there's on. a lot of thought. I, 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 your prognosis, without mentioning names, I, I think is close. I mean, I I think autonomy is the. Mm-hmm. Is going to be the most interesting yeah. one. I think. Oh, I think really? Leslie's coming in. I, I think. Why so, Tim? You know what? Signs. He signs. And and yeah. and Leslie. Uh-huh. Leslie has a very effective brand. I think it's been eroded somewhat. And and I can't say I'm a big fan of of her work on council, but I do admire, whether it's by intent or whether it's just she's backed into it. She has a really good neighborhood appeal. She she identifies herself very solidly as a South End girl, and it it, it works. 
and there are a lot of signs up. Now, this is I want to go back to the signs in one sense about this, because I know you're talking about Bob Hall as well. And yeah. I was a little yeah. bit surprised to see all the Bob Hall signs. And, of course, you know, I expect to see Post-it notes, you know, Northcrest, Liberal MP, like all the things he's, he keeps running for. Bob really wants to be elected. And I saw all the signs, and I thought, really? I, you know, he has no—he has never run in the South End before. But it's, it's also the power of party, uh, party lists. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and that's the undercurrent. You know, Hockey and, and, and Beamer run with conservative lists. Uh, I know that from running a campaign in Monaghan Ward last year, Don Vasiliadis, who has proven to be a quite a good counselor, but he was working off of liberal lists. And so when you have people you can call directly and ask for sign placements, you can get the signs up very quickly. And Bob yeah. Hall is clearly working with, the, I, I think, the conservative lists. And, and Bob, Bob's one of the hardest working guys. Like he's he's going to be knocking on doors like no tomorrow. Um, him... Uh, along with uh, with uh, Gary, and I don't know about Keith this year, but but historically, you know, if you're you're a firm believer, Tim, in indoors, and and I'm a firm believer indoors. Bob's a door guy. Uh, you jump over to to my ward, Ashburnham. You got Keith and and Gary that uh, Bill is is pointing uh, that probably have the lead. Although I got to say that the the number of Sheila signs I'm seeing is is really really quite astounding. Um, I think I think we're going to see uh, a lot of success coming from. Yeah, I I think the the most important thing, especially in a municipal camp- in a municipal campaign, is knocking on doors because you don't have the massive media behind that. We you know if there's anyone involved who's ever been involved in some sort of major party thing, uh, but. Knocking on doors is how you do it, and that's how you do it at any level. If you're not knocking on doors, people aren't going to know you, and that's how you find your vote. That's how you get it out. You go and find where they live. Uh, municipally, when you get the voters list, no phone numbers. Provincially, federally, you get the phone numbers. Right, right. I know. I was surprised so when that it... that goes into that sure. goes into the party list that Tim's talking yeah. about. Yeah. They've got the phone numbers. They know how much that person gave to XYZ candidate. That information is public knowledge, and you can find that, and you say, you know what? Uh, My name is so-and-so, and and I'm running for this ward, and I've got this loose party affiliation. I'm going to reach out to that party, and I'm going to say, how much money did this person give, and can I get the same amount out of them? Wow. Yeah, and I just want to say before we, we, we leave the notion of autonomy, the other person... Uh, who might be in a little bit tough, but if you're talking about knocking on doors, is Kim Zippel, mm-hmm. who, who ran a very strong campaign last time. She's been on... Did, she's did been not knocking, have signs. Yeah. Now she does. Now she does, and she's been knocking on doors for a couple of months. So I, I certainly don't think it's a coronation of Bob Hall uh, in, in the South End. There's a number of other candidates in the South End, too, we haven't even talked about, but if we're going to talk about another one, uh, she does have that neighborhood connection. I, I know in my cycling uh, through um, Monaghan Ward, which uh, I did on the weekend, I was... A bit saddened. Uh, I don't live in Monaghan Ward. I, I saw very few uh, Henry Clark signs, because uh, I, you know, I, I don't agree. I, I don't agree with many of the positions Henry Clark takes, but he's always got time to listen and explain. <coughs> and uh, I was surprised. Henry, Henry Clark, uh, despite the protestations of himself and his wife, is also a very lazy campaigner. Uh, but he is woven into the fabric of Monaghan Ward. In uh, fact, his his campaign signs are actually etched in, in stone um, from... <laughs> He's well, he's been there for so long that uh, he, that brand name recognition is there. Yeah, yeah. There 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 was a bit of controversy in the last election. His signs kept appearing at the agency that his wife ran uh, around the city and in all sorts of different wards. But he he uh, 
he, I, first of all, he's unassailable. He, I, I, despite the lack of science, yeah, Henry yeah, Clark that, that, is going to win, and Henry Clark got more votes than anybody else, and he will again. Yeah. Um, I can take issue with some stuff that he's done, but yes, Henry Clark would just uh, maybe he'll just probably stay on the level of brand. Henry Clark is a very effective brand. Uh, he does come across as a person who listens and is reasonable yes. and that sort of yes. thing. I know we're getting low on time. Can we talk about Town Ward for a minute? Because I think Absolutely. that one is very Absolutely. interesting. Move on. I think uh, you know. Again, I think we can we can sort of. Pencil and Dean. <laughs> well, we laugh. I mean, yeah, people wonder. Sure, I've, no, been, I've been very strong support of Dean for the years, and, and people have asked me because uh, his politics always haven't been as progressive as mine. He took some votes on the casino and a few things I disagreed with. But I think what people have to realize is you talk about being woven into the fabric. I mean, I was, I was, you know, one of the members of the Hunter Street art scene back in the in the nineties. Union we, Theater. Yeah, when we in the Union Theater, and Dean went to the Union Theater. You know, right. he was he was a person. That that sort of cafe district, young downtown businesses, Dean grew up with all those people, and we don't forget that he was the first city councilor to support us. So pencil him in. The real interest is going to be in the second round, uh, yeah. where we're looking at Kemi and we're looking at Russell, because the thing that I'm not sure if every listener knows is that in town ward, businesses can vote by their address, and the business community always puts up one of their candidates. Uh, Jim Hendry was their candidate last time, and Jim, now now we're talking about lazy campaigners. He took a vacation during the campaign, but uh, Jim Russell, I think, is, uh, is is very much supported by the downtown business association. So in, in that group, so he could be a dark horse. I, I I've read his campaign. I'm kind of wondering why he's running on town ward. It sounds like he wants to has higher political ambitions, and that's a stepping stone. Okay. Now, listeners can't see this, but uh, there is a forest of papers in front of our guests. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you hear the rustling of the papers. And one of those papers is the 2014 results. Now, not having X-ray eyes, I can't see. But I do remember that the mayor got 11,000-something. Miriam got 9,000-something. And so the, the common parlance uh, I, I'm hearing in discussions around town is, well, this time it's... It's more of a uh, uh, somehow a pure race. It's just two horses in the race, Dan Terrian versus Daryl Bennett, and that's it. But compared to 2014, we had Alan Wilson taking 4,000 votes. And Patty Peters. And Patty Peters. So how does that shake down when you map on the 2014 results? I'm talking about progressive, conservative, to the horse race we have on now. You also had horrible voter turnout. Yeah. And 47%, is it? 47%. Now, that, to me, is a false majority, and I wouldn't believe anybody that's, you know, that's a horrible voter turnout. The, the city of Peterborough really has to, has to get moving on that and getting people out to vote. Okay. Just quickly, what, what does everyone have to do to raise voter turnout? Candidates, the city, people like us, what, can, what has to happen? I think our current politics are doing everything to drive down voter turnout. Uh, people people look at it as a cynical game, and it's being played that way. It, you know, we make voting easier. Voting is ridiculously easy. And I said this on a previous show, so I won't go deeply into it now. We're under time, but it is really easy. When people click onto how easy it is just to click a vote, then that might turn it up. Uh, what I did in, in uh, the last election is I went to doors that nobody else had gone to. And people, you know, I, I went to the doors with the blue sign on them. I went to I went to every single door that I could. We were able to raise voter turnout and identify new voters, people that had never been contacted by us. We had the highest voter turnout here in Peterborough at 66% in the provincial election. All right. And with that, Sean Conway, 
Donald Fraser, Tim Etherington, thank you so much for your time and your insights. Just before we sign off, I just want to go over a schedule for this September. Next Tuesday on the 25th, we're going to hear recorded interviews with uh, Jenny Alencio and uh, Ian Peddle. Then on October 2nd, it's Henry Clark and Sheila Wood. Again, recorded interview. Then on the 9th, another panel, uh, Etherington Fraser, and we'll see. Uh, Sutherland, Conway, who knows? And then October 16th. What's that? It's advanced day. It's advanced day. True. And October 16th, we're going to hear uh, from Jason Walwork and uh, Jane Davidson. And another panel on the 23rd to debrief the election. We'll check in with you next week.